Okay, so it's been a bit since the last episode. I will admit that. Uh, oops. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, I don't intentionally mean to take breaks like that when it comes to uh, my schedules. In this case, it was definitely a matter of I was trying to uh, avoid burnout, I guess. Uh, that was definitely something I was doing on YouTube, but it was also a matter of I could barely find a lot of time to be able to pull that off, to be able to make the podcast. So for that, I do apologize. Uh, I will. Tr I want to be able to do podcasts every single week. It's hard to say if that'll actually happen, but I'll be able to do podcasts a bit more often than uh, the long, about month long break then that we had. So um, without further ado, we've got a couple of things to talk about today, uh, including a dunk on Spotify later on in the episode. But I also want to talk about the stupidity of the ghost lawsuit that's going on and what can actually happen for social distancing concerts. Is that even possible? Well, let's not waste much more time and let's get straight into it. You're listening to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. Okay, this particular podcast topic is going to be a bit on the fly like no there's no real plan or anything like that nothing scripted out there's no bullet points that I want to hit I'm just kind of talking off the cuff which I think is what a podcast is kind of supposed to do anyways but when you're when your experience with podcasting and recording is rooted in uh, radio broadcasting normally bullet points are what I try to go off of because that's usually what most broadcasters on the radio and even on TV they have a uh, like a sort of script of some kind to hit while they're talking on the radio or again on TV in this case I don't because this one I kind of just found on the fly and I am just so I'm just so confused by this whole thing as to why it's happening so if you weren't aware ghost the band they are currently suing a british vodka company called ghost what <laughs> no seriously that's actually happening and it's not uh as metal sucks actually pointed out it's not like a uh like a confused confusing thing where metallica had no idea that their lawyers went after a canadian cover band that was a real thing. Uh, that was actually, if you if you have the chance, uh, look look into that. It's pretty funny when that actually happened. Uh, they almost they almost accidentally sued. That would have been horrible. But on the bright side, free press, I guess. Anyways, so uh, yeah, if if you weren't already aware, Ghost the band has is suing Ghost Vodka because of the fact that uh, Ghost the band has their own has their own alcoholic brand. And the 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 lawsuit isn't really in regards to the fact that two companies named two people named Ghost are selling a vodka. It's because they're both named Ghost. So Ghost the band is suing Ghost Vodka because of the of the name itself, Ghost. Because of, if we're going into it, uh, Ghost BC, or I guess just Ghost now. Or I, is it Ghost or Ghost BC? I'd have no freaking clue. But Ghost is suing because of the fact that uh, the band apparently own a trademark for use throughout all of Europe on all alcoholic beverages because of the fact that they are currently uh, selling gin on the alcoholic market. That's it. But my question is, looking further into this, I am so confused as... Are there really any legal basis 
for this. Uh, well, apparently there is a little bit as, you know, name brands can definitely become a bit of an issue when you're thinking, I want ghost alcohol, just ghost alcohol. Most people aren't going to go ghost vodka or ghost gin, so they want to go for ghost. Well, there's two ghosts on the market, technically. The problem is for a couple things, and this is something that I was finding when I was looking further into this, because this is this is just the pinnacle of what the hell is wrong with everybody involved. Uh, Ghost Vodka I did my research, and they actually started up back in 2010, which is not too long ago, but 10 years, uh, 10 years ago, and it's not too not too shabby. They've been around for quite a bit. Uh, Ghost, the band, and uh, or known as okay, okay. Actually, I just looked it up. Ghost BC was the former name. Sorry, going back a bit. This is why I script everything out. But anyways, Ghost, the band, they started back in two thousand and six. Uh, not officially releasing anything until about twenty ten, I believe. Uh, and even then, they didn't get into the gin market until twenty nineteen. So what is exactly the problem here? Oh, yeah, timing. How is that even possible? How is this even a thing? Ghost the band didn't even release their Juniper Gin. Not even kidding, that's its actual name. You can tell it's theirs because the logo. They didn't release it until about 2019. But Ghost Vodka have been around since 2010. I'm sensing a slight miscalculation in this lawsuit. Oh, my God. Look, I get it. Uh, you own the trademark. But the problem is, actually, here's a real question. If they own the trademark, how the hell did they get the trademark? Is it just because Tobias Forge, his band is named Ghost. How did they get the trademark for Ghost in terms of alcohol when Ghost Vodka has been around longer than they've actually been releasing music? I am so confused by this. I have no real... Uh, what? This is so confusing. Uh, I don't... I, I, I'm a loss for words. Ghost. Tobias. Why? What is the... What is the major malfunction here that you're not cluing into? You own the trademark? Okay, well, boo fucking who? Ghost Vodka was around longer than you. I, in my, okay. Ugh. This is why I go on script. Okay, here's the thing. Ghost Vodka is, is not a particular alcohol I've consumed before. I don't know if it's any good. What I do know at the very least is that Juniper Gin only has one star on uh, on Master of Malt. Uh, it's one review, but still one star. Yikes. What I will say is that, again, Ghosts, uh, Ghost the Band, I like their music. I want to root for them here as a, as a fan of their stuff. But this is just too fucking stupid. <laughs> like, there is there is no real... To me, at least, there's no proper basis for this lawsuit. It doesn't make any sense when you look at the timeline of everything involved. But I, just, I don't know. Like, I do. At this point, I want Ghost Vodka to be able to win this lawsuit and give Tobias Forge a real kick in the ass because this there's just 
something severely wrong with Tobias if this is sincerely his thought process. That's what I'm thinking, at least. Uh, I don't know. Uh, this is off the cuff and makes no sense, but I will, uh, I'll leave it to you. Uh, what do you think about this? Tweet to me, actually, uh, what you think about this uh, at, uh, at the Metal Robot on Twitter. Let me know what you personally think about all this. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just stumped. Just what? <laughs> just what the hell? This episode of the Metal Robot Podcast was remastered as of May 2021 to ensure great sound quality for your enjoyment, and has nothing to do with the fact that I've been bored all weekend and want something to do. Can you imagine if that was the case? Oof, that would be so bad. <clears throat> uh, if you're enjoying the podcast, consider subscribing wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or on YouTube, so that any future episodes will appear right in your feed. Anyways, here's some Bieber-looking dickass talking about some more bullshit. Enjoy! You're listening to MRP. The Metal Robot Podcast. So as of recording this, it's about uh, May 21st of 2020. Uh, so we've been stuck in lockdown for the past couple of months. Uh, it's definitely been a very interesting time. I mean, two months since I got a haircut. Oh, God, no. <laughs> okay, I'm not too mad about it. I mean, I look like Boris Johnson if he was an orangutan thrown in the dryer, but I look totally fine. I'm ho I'm okay with it. As long as I'm keeping people safe from not going outside too much, I'm okay with it. What I do hope eventually will happen, though, is that we do eventually open up. Safely, of course. I do want to make sure that we're all going to be safe when we open up. But eventually, I do want to open up. Not just for haircut, but because I miss going to concerts, as I'm sure many of you also do. It's something that every single one of us can at least relate to, the feeling of going to a live show, the pulse of the speakers, there's the sound of the wailing guitars, the sheer power of the, the guy who, who is screaming behind the microphone, if he's not, of course, cupping the mic, at which point your ears get blown out. But what... What I'm do what I do hope for eventually is that if we can't go back to concerts properly soon, then at least we can come up with a solution to this problem. And many, many people have found different social distancing concerts ideas, all of which can uh, it's a bit iffy, but I guess technically possible. Uh, we heard not too long ago that there was an idea of like a sort of drive-in concert type deal like if you've ever you ever been to a drive-in theater where you, you're just uh just late night you go with your family or your girlfriend and uh or boyfriend whatever and you go to a con uh, like not a concert a movie theater where you don't your seats your movie theater seats is just your car those are pretty fun i've been to drive-in most of my life with family and i've gone for uh at, for multiple times with uh that for dates, but it is definitely something that I could never really see a concert working for because concerts, you're physically reacting to the music with movies. You can kind of just sit back and watch your reactions are more contained to your verbal emotions with concerts. It's a bit different if you've, because I'm guessing you've been to a concert. If not, then uh, I'll tell you right now, your reaction is more physical especially at a metal show. At a metal show, you're more prone to move around. You're more prone to headbang. You're more prone to, to run around in the mosh pit. Like, stuff like that is very hard to do 
<laughs> in your vehicles, although I'm sure some will try to dogpile with your with your cars. That would be a sight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, I can't get that image out of my head. <laughs> but uh, but uh, that is something that is going to be a very hard thing to pull off for social distance concerts, uh, for metal especially. But it's definitely possible, not the mosh pit with vehicles, but going to a concert with like in your vehicle and watching from your from your cars. It's not going to be the same experience as actually physically being at the show. But I do feel like this is something that could still kind of work. I, I don't know if it will for metal as well as uh, other genres. I know if you're going to like a pop concert or if you're going to uh, like a like a typical rock or even country concert, it shouldn't be that much of an issue. But that would be a very difficult thing to pull off for metal because, again, you're more physical when you're at a metal show. What I will say, though, is that uh, they have still been testing out social distance concerts to try and get the world back to normalcy, mostly in the U.S. because, you know, the most infected country on the planet can't learn to sit fucking still. But nonetheless, they are still trying nonetheless. And that can probably and that can probably uh, go out even further to other countries, preferably ones who are not as infected as the United States. Seriously, guys, what are you doing? But Nonetheless, okay, I'm going to push that aside for now. Um, so going into that, there's even more attempts at it. Aside from just, you know, driving concerts, there are attempts to pull, like uh, just having people, instead of standing in the actual, um, in, in the actual like floor of the concert venue, people, they are setting up chairs. Not even kidding. They're setting up actual chairs for people to sit in. And that is something that is definitely interesting because I've seen stuff like this before, even before COVID-19 kind of fucked everything over. Uh, if you've ever gone to a Kiss concert, for example, the uh, like the floor has chairs, which I thought was OK. That's interesting. I don't know why, but they do probably because all Kiss fans are in their 50s. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry if you're a Kiss fan and you're not in your 50s. Um but that is something that I saw what was very interesting. First of all, like the chairs are more or less spread apart and there's not a lot of chairs on the floor. And if you go into the bleachers where most of the chairs actually already are, there's also not a lot of people there. And most of the people are wearing face masks and gloves. That is something that is very interesting. Uh, and that's something that I can definitely see a lot of places going for when they are trying to bring concerts back to their previously locked down countries. The problem is, in my opinion, it is still very much an issue of uh, COVID-19 because you're limiting the amount of people that are allowed in the venue. You're having to you know, block off a number of seats, and that can definitely be a bit of a strain on money for the venue. There's a reason why they have a lot of seats, because the amount of people that go to the concerts, they want to try and fill up as much as possible, because that will mean more profit for the venue. So when you get down to that, it's going to be a bit more difficult to make money at a constant rate. You'd have to you'd have to host like 
probably five concerts, maybe a little less than that, but at least five concerts a day in order to stay open with that kind of work ethic. Something that I guess is better than the alternative of no money whatsoever, but it's definitely something that can still not do well. If anything, you're making money, but you're not making money. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I'm completely ignorant to this whole situation. I have no idea if this actually is a good idea in terms of profit for the venues to stay open. But I can definitely say that this is still something that musicians, at least, are willing to try to do. Uh, there's a, like the concert I'm talking about, actually, admittedly, it's not a metal concert. It's, uh, like, from what I can tell, a country concert, I guess. <sighs> but uh, <laughs> if you can tell, I'm not a fan of country by much. Um, but they did try it. And it seems like people there were having a good time. They did enjoy themselves. And even the musicians involved had a decent time as well. But this is definitely, I don't know, like this is still a bit weird uh, for me to be able to get behind because there's so much more that is involved. Uh, I mean, yeah, you can think, well, hold on, because there's not a lot of people there. They're restricting the amount of people coming in for uh, for the venue, like for the patrons. And then there's the musicians. Okay, that's not a lot. Well, hold on, because that's not counting everybody in the building. There's also the uh, the techs, the crew that come with the bands. There's also the workers there who are selling you food, and there's the security guards there. Uh, there's a lot. There's the people selling merch. There's a lot of people involved with a single concert. Even the biggest concerts require the most crew, so you're still not exactly going to be social distancing by any means, especially if you are on the crew, because you're constantly running past and past and interacting with other people in the crew, trying to set up the drums, the guitars, trying to set up the amps, getting the lights set up, getting everything on the stage set up so that the next band can go on. There's a lot going on, especially if you are a smaller band, especially uh, metal or just smaller band, period. You're, you don't have a crew. You're still taking down your own stuff, which means you're still interacting with the other people, the other bands of the night. It's still better than the large ar- array of crew that you would have, but you're still not really social distancing. My alert went off. Don't, don't mind that. But that, I'd say, yeah, that's still very much a problem. And that's a point that uh, I'm actually glad John Oliver hit on when he was talking about sports uh, earlier this week. That is something that as much as we want to open up the stadiums for sports events, again, there is a lot going on, probably even more so in sports than there is concerts, but it's still the same issue. We cannot properly open up if we are constantly having to deal with the fact that it's very hard to social distance when everybody involved is unable to social distance. There's a lot of problems with that. Uh, people were talking about with meat plants because they're considered an essential business, which I guess, I, I mean, as someone who likes to eat meat, sure. It's a food, it's a food, uh, st- it's a, a statement of the food category. So I guess they are very much essential. I don't know how I was describing that, but nonetheless, there you go. Uh, but it's still a problem because they are unable to social distance when they're in the factories or at the very least, there is not much put in place to protect the workers from getting coronavirus. 
I mean, if you look at online, you can find many of the workers already have gotten coronavirus, and that's that's just the beginning of that story. Nonetheless, getting back to music, it's still the same problem. There is no way that we can properly 100% social distance and implement those protocols for concerts or any events at all. Even if you limit the amount of people in the patron in uh, in terms of patrons and music goers and concert goers and limit the crew, you are still going to have a lot of problems. So I don't know, like as much as I want concerts to come back, I want them to come back safer. I want them to come back so that in a way that no one is going to be affected. Because if we remember not too long, like back a few months ago, I talked about on A Very Metal Week, my Facebook show where I talk about the news, uh, there was a story where a guy got di- got tested positive for the coronavirus, and he had recently attended a Tool concert. That alone is an issue. <laughs> the fact that he was able to uh, go to the concert, period, and the fact that he was able to, uh, he got tested for the for uh, coronavirus, and that was a sold out show, that is very concerning. I mean, yeah, it was a sold out show, and nowadays we're looking at social distance concerts. That is very much still a same problem. You have no idea if the patrons are going to be uh, positive for coronavirus, especially in the U.S., where suffice it to say, tests are very hard to come by. I mean, they're hard to come by in most other places, but they are still very hard to come by no matter where you go, especially in the United States. So I don't know, like I, I very much am not against the idea of looking further into something like this, but I very much don't want concerts to come back until we have a solution to that core problem. How do we have events where people will come and gather while also social distancing. That's a very hard task to put together. It's probably not as hard as uh, some of the hardest jobs in the world, but it's still a very hard task to pull off. One wrong move, and you could spark another wave of coronavirus. We have to be very careful about stuff like this, because otherwise it'll take even longer for us to get back to normal. This is not even really a matter of opinion. This is a matter of many people in in the, uh, in terms of experts and people who know much more than I do. This is something that they have all hit on. There is no way that we can open up properly without causing more problems. So we have to be careful here. Look, I want conscious to come back too, but I also don't want to get other people infected. I am willing to wait to go back to concerts. And on top of that, Stick with the Boris Johnson haircut that I've got if it means keeping people safe. If you want something talked about on the podcast, send me a tweet at the Metal Robot and use the hashtag Metal Robot Podcast so I can find you. Otherwise, it'll get lost in the dark and treacherous void of nothingness and regret. Anyways, let's get back to the podcast. You're listening to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. So given the fact that the coronavirus pandemic is still going on, many bands are kind of left in the dust, especially since most bands make their money off of touring, something that obviously is not an essential service. 
Which, I mean, I would argue against that fact, but for obvious reasons, that would be stupid. Uh, <laughs> but nonetheless, bands are still trying to make their living through online, given that as the only source of revenue, that is that does respect social distance guidelines for obvious reasons. So nonetheless, the question has, of course, come up. Can bands survive the coronavirus pandemic? Well, it depends on the band. And also it depends on how they're making their money when touring officially stops. So uh, a question, of course, came up. How many Spotify streams are necessary so that bands can live above the poverty line? That is a very good question. And I feel like that's definitely reflective of how much Spotify actually truly cares about their the, about the people that essentially make their business an actual thing. Something I don't think Spotify even realizes, but nonetheless, let's get into that. By the way, if you're listening to this on Spotify, cool. Anyways, let's move on. So uh, so going into that, uh, there was an article put out there by James Shotwell, uh, who was the director of customer engagement for Holix, which is actually, if you didn't know, it's a website that uh, that I use quite a bit, thanks to a lot of the streaming, uh, like a lot of the PR companies that I go through. A lot of them have their own Holix accounts where they will send bands albums and streams uh, to specific people for uh, for review, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, for PR stuff, basically. It's also good for other stuff, too, but nonetheless, that's what it's for. If you haven't checked it out yet, definitely do so. Um, so, so he definitely, uh, he looked into it and yeah, it's about as depressing as you might think. Uh, looking into it, uh, so I'm going to actually quote what he wrote down uh, just to give you an idea of what's going on. So the actual quote goes, according to the Assistant Secretary for Planning and Evaluation, ASPE, the poverty line for single-person households is 11,770. I believe this is pretty much in the U.S. If we ignore how that figure would be hard for anyone to live on in a major city and most mid-sized cities, we can then round up to 12,000 and use streaming revenue calculators to figure out how many Spotify streams someone, should, someone would need to sustain themselves. So just to live at least above the poverty line, or at least at the poverty line, and they would have to make 3 million plays in total. That's for a year. And again, like the 12,000, that's for a year, like a, a year's worth of income. They would have, so a band would have to have, or any musician would have to have 3 million plays annually to at least get anywhere close because at an average payout of $0.006 per song stream, which is way less than a penny, I don't think, I, I'm sure you probably caught on to that, it's two-thirds of a penny, basically, uh, that the musician would be getting paid per stream. So three million plays is what's needed to at least get anywhere close to living above the poverty line. That is insane. You, you basically have to be a, at least somewhat no, known in order to survive just on Spotify streams, period. Now, obviously, if you're just relying on Spotify streams, you're doing it wrong at that point. And, and I'm not even just talking about uh, touring. If you're think there's other places you should be putting your music up, including especially Bandcamp, definitely go for that. Uh, 
what I would say though, is that even then like Spotify, why, what is the point of that? And especially since we all know how much Spotify actually makes, which actually, you know what? Let me, let me, let me just quickly Google that. Let me uh, just pull that up right now. Spotify net worth $25 billion. I wonder where most of the other part of the penny is going. I'm a, ay caramba, mother. Oh my gosh. That is definitely something that needs to be looked further into because that should not be, that should not be anywhere close. And again, 3 million please. that's just to get to the poverty line. That is just to live at the poverty line. And that's just for you. If you have families, that's even worse because you would need at least according to, uh, at least according to uh, Shotwell's article, at least over 6 million then to at least get somewhere close to 24 to 24,250. So that's a that's a county for like uh two adults and two children. You would need that much to even barely support them. That is ridiculous in my opinion. And again, if you're just making up look, if you're just making it off Spotify, then you've definitely got to rework that. Uh, that kind of mentality, get your, get your music on more places than just Spotify, Apple music, especially Bandcamp, because you make 100% of the funds back uh, from that. And on top of that, you can also set up so that people, if they value your product, they can then pay more than what you said. So for example, uh, I, if you have music, uh, like one song, if you have one song set to $1, if the, if the consumer or the listener really likes what they're hearing, then if they wanted to, they can pay more than that to, uh, to have a copy of that song. It especially works for albums. So if, if you have an album set for $10, a fan could pay for that for that for $20, or maybe even if they're, if they really can $50 Bandcamp, seriously go for that. Especially if you're in metal, that is a huge thriving community. Go for it. I highly recommend it. Don't just rely on Spotify because it's very clear, as we all probably guessed, Spotify does not care about you and your problems. They are there to make money off of the people who are doing the real work of creating music for the people. Although I do think someone should probably tell the people at Spotify that without the musicians, they will have nothing. So if they can at least realize that maybe they'll, maybe they will do a turnaround if they can finally figure out where their income is actually coming from. But honestly, I don't see that happening anytime soon. You just listened to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. Thanks for listening to MRP. You can check us out online, YouTube, Metal Robot Reviews, Facebook, Twitter, at The Metal Robot, Instagram, at The.MetalRobot. You can also check out everything we do on TheMetalRobot.com for videos, reviews, press, and so much more. Thanks for listening. Click subscribe if you haven't already. I'll see you in the mosh pit next time. Have a good night.